This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. From New York City, it's the Todd Berry Podcast. The Todd Berry Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Today we have Anthony Jeselnik on the show. Controversial comic, Anthony Jeselnik. Controversial. I have some controversial tour dates. That was funny, right? Coming up, December 10th, which may have already passed, West Nyack, New York, Levity Live. December 11th, Trouth Music Hall in Buffalo. Uh, January 23rd, I'll be at the Charleston Comedy Festival. The 28th, Creative Alliance in Baltimore. 20, uh, that was of January. January 29th and 30th, D.C. at the new Draft House Comedy in downtown D.C. Go to ToddBerry.com for all those ticket links. This podcast is brought to you by Feral Audio. Go to feralaudio.com. There's an Amazon link there, somewhere on there. So if you want to do your shopping through Amazon and support some of the podcasters on Feral Audio, then you can go to that link. You know, they get a little kickback. Like you buy a toaster for $18, 17 of those always go to me directly. So go to the Amazon link on feralaudio.com. And also, there's Todd Berry Podcast t-shirts for a limited time. I think you can still get them delivered by Christmas. Maybe not Hanukkah, since I think we're in we're day four of Hanukkah, right? Yeah, we are. I'm Jewish. I should know that. And my crowd work special is on Netflix, if you haven't seen it. And here's Anthony Jeselnik. Now, Anthony... <laughs> little surprised you wanted to do my podcast, because you kind of made fun of me for having a podcast a while ago. I mean, I believe that I made fun of you, but I don't know why I know, you're surprised people that people I would want to do it. Other. What? I don't, I don't know why you're surprised. Like, I don't know if you've noticed this. I thought about this before I came on. Do you realize that like, I respect you, and I don't respect a lot of people. I know that. But every time I have seen you and said hello to you, I have shaken your hand and said, Mr. Barry. Like, just to let you know. Really? Yes. Every time. I didn't know if you would know that or not, but I, I have done it. That's the least you can do for stealing my persona. Just <laughs> gave me a little Mr. Barry. No, you, you took my persona, but you did make it your own. Yes, I did. I mean, I, I, you know, I borrowed heavily in the beginning and, uh, and just you know, made it good. I you think. have like, my own. grabbed elements of it, and then, then you just took it. Completely different. So it's no, it's, there's no bad blood or anything. <laughs> they, uh, no, but I do remember like it was right when your show came out on Comedy Central. You walked by and were like, how's your podcast? Like, and I was like, wow, that was a fucking... I mean, I wasn't really offended because I knew I, I'm sure comedians bust each other. I kind balls. of remember this, and you've you've honestly made me feel bad. I'm sure I was wasted and walked by and just like and just trying to make a joke to you. It was but one I, of the, I remember the moment. Yeah, do you really? I think it was at the Austin uh, Comedy Festival. And then, you know, then I get like text. I got to do your podcast, man. <laughs> Please, like three people out of a hundred have begged to do it, like you have. I we saw each other on Oddball. I was like, oh, I, I forgot how much I love Todd Berry. I hadn't seen you in a while, 
And I and then Picard brought it up. You know, when can I get? To, when can I do it? And you said whenever. Yeah. So I came to town, and this is the first thing I'm doing. All right. Why are you in town? Just to hang out. I was home for uh, home for the holidays in Pittsburgh, home for Thanksgiving, and then thought let's bump up to New York for a couple of days. I haven't been here in a while. Do you get a hotel? Yes. I won't ask which one, but. Uh... So I won't say it's nice or if it's bad, but Mark Marin is also staying there right now. So oh, is he? Yeah. I know what hotel you're at. It's, it's close by. It's very close, yes. Okay. Yeah. That's a nice hotel. It is a nice I've never been there before. But All I right. Like now, I don't want to reveal where you are. But this will you'll be gone by the time this is out. I'm not putting this out, so it's irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> this one is a, it's a trap. <laughs> they, uh, so you just came to visit. You can do sets? I thought about I thought about doing Whiplash last night, and then I, I bailed. I was like, I'd rather go have dinner with some friends and hang out. And so I don't think I'm doing any shows. Really? Kind of, I don't really have that much material right now. Doing sets right now is not that fun for me. I don't have anything I'm excited about, and I it's just embarrassing. Yeah, you know, I I can relate to that because I feel like I don't have much material, but I I I go man, let's go out there and see what happens. And it's like it doesn't. I mean, unless you're doing crowd work, which I'm amazing at, and you're okay at. Amazing. The, uh, I'll give it to you. The uh, yeah, it's hard to just you know, just uh, hope that ten new minutes is going to come out. If I just have one new joke that I'm excited about, that'll get me by. But I've got maybe ten minutes. I can do fifteen of like okay, yeah. but there's nothing that I'm like, oh, I can't wait to go do this, and I hate that feeling. Yeah, because yeah, because these these fifty showcase places, you don't necessarily want to be like, hey, I'm just going to do the greatest hits tonight. No, I don't want to do anything that, from the old special. I, I want that to be all gone and just start from scratch. And you have to kind of embarrass yourself. In order to I make know. yourself go home and work on it, and right now I'm just not in that mood. I've seen very famous comedians go on at like the Comedy Cellar or someplace. They'll drop in, the crowd goes crazy, but they're trying about a nut- bunch of new shit, and it's just like, ooh, it's a little drop off yeah. from that applause they got. Yeah, but they got you got to do it. I got to do that more, man. I'm just so I love killing so much. I know. I'm addicted I... to the kill. <laughs> so you're here for like three nights. Yeah, and you're right. staying at a hotel, which nice hotel. That's expensive hotel. Is it? I think so. Yeah, I don't really look at money anymore. I don't really? Know. No, I mean, I, it's it's all tax write off. I feel like I stay at, I stay at decent places. But tax write off isn't free. It's not like what? It's not, <laughs> it's not like hey, this is what you owe in taxes minus every spend <laughs> the entire hotel bill you had. That's what I spend my money on. Is tra- I don't I don't like buy a lot of things. I wear the same clothes every day. Yeah. But I when I travel, I travel well. I stay in nice places. I do too. But I uh, I'm also I love a good I love a deal. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't look for the deals so much. Really? Yeah, you'll be, you're gonna be broke within two years. <laughs> Probably. You're gonna be MC Hammer. Uh, we thought he had money, so you're not gonna go on anywhere tonight. Anywhere? Go up at all? Probably not. Unless something jumped up that I was like, oh, I, I got to see this. Like, I'm gonna go see uh, Mulaney and Kroll's show, oh. that off Broadway thing this week. I want to see that. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm excited to see. I mean, I can't imagine it works. But I can't wait to see it. You know, I can't wait to see it. That'd be better if they were sitting right here. <laughs> Otherwise, it just says, "Wow, he's being mean to them." <laughs> they're they're dear friends. They're um. So where'd you eat last night? God, I couldn't even tell you. It was an Italian place, kind of nearby. Uh, really good, authentic Italian, small small little place. This, the guy behind me at the table next to me keeps bumping me every time he moves. He hits me with his elbow. He's kind of a big, yeah, like, older guy. And I'm getting madder and madder. And I'm telling yeah. my friend I'm with. I'm like, this guy does it one more time. I'm going to say something. <laughs> And he says, that's the owner. I said, okay, I'll let it slide. <laughs> oh, that would have been yeah. beautifully yeah. horrible. I mean, that, that would have been a great story if you followed through. I mean, I that was a good story, but if you actually are like, I wonder what he would have done. I don't know, but it would have gone bad for me. If I would have lost whatever it was. Probably would have sent over a dessert. Hey, take this cannoli. <laughs> I apologize. I'm trying to think where you may have eaten, but uh, 
That won't be even if you even if you named it, I couldn't tell you. That won't be entertaining me guessing where you ate. But now I watched your special. Thank you. Thoughts and prayers. I watched it. Yeah, thoughts and prayers on Netflix. Uh, I watched it in in chunks because you know when it first came out, I can't watch. I mean, I don't. Last thing I want to see is anyone's comedy special. It's so hard, isn't it? And it's not like it's just you know not that I guess the what is it the shine has gone off of. You yeah, just get exposed to so much stand-up. Exactly. But I think it's helpful. When I watch it, it makes me think of other jokes. I'll be like, oh, that's where I would have taken that premise. So that's where like, yeah. it'll help me think of things, but it's still so painful yeah. that I cannot do it. Watch, but watching other people's specials. Yes. Yeah. So I watched the, you know, I watched a minute of it like a few weeks ago, and then I was like, then you, I got the eight texts from you asking me to be on my <laughs> podcast. I was like, oh, I might as well do it. But it was really good. Thank you. It was, um, it was like, uh, it, was, it was pretty ballsy. Thank you. Uh, you seem surprised. No, no. I mean, things. it was. I knew. I knew. I know what you do, Mister Shockey. But <laughs> you took it even further than I thought. Yeah, I was. This was the first special where I was kind of like upset. You know, usually I'm just kind of like this robot up there. But I was kind of angry, and I had to kind of. I use. I, it's the first time I've used comedy as therapy. In a really? Way to get things out of my system. Yeah. That last. That last half of the special was me. Really, just getting it out there. Yeah, I thought you handled that well because, like, you shifted gears. I don't want to spoiler alert it, but I guess it doesn't matter that much. No. no, but you sort of like oh no! I, I told you some jokes. Now I'm gonna, yeah, tell you some truths. But you, it didn't seem much different from the jokes. No, it was kind of like a story with jokes in it, and still the same kind of persona. That's what I'm trying to pursue from here on out. I get tired of the of the one liners, but I, I I enjoy them. It just gets harder and harder. I know because it's because uh, I, I saw you when we did Oddball. We did a couple Oddball dates. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh wow, he's got a bunch of new shit. It's good, and um, and also it went over really well and like. In a, not that I would surprise, but you just think maybe – now i got to back out of this because it sounds like I'm insulting you. But actually, I shouldn't <laughs> care it. if I insult you. No, it. what I'm saying is it didn't have – like you'd think with an audience that was there to see like 15 different comics, it'd be harder to connect with the, the sure. majority of them is what sure. I meant to But say. that was like the only – that 15 minutes that were 15 to 20 I was doing was the only 15 to 20 out of that special – that would have gotten that reaction. You know, any any other jokes they would have they, they would have rioted. Yeah, would have yeah, been that would have been. Uh... So, what kind of um, do you read the review, the Netflix reviews? Uh, like the you know the ones people put on Netflix yeah. itself. No, I didn't even know you could do that. I just thought it was stars or nothing. You oh, can you write, can do it. And you can I... write things on it. Yeah, yeah. Is it, do you go to the website or is it on like the well, actual if you click, TV? If you click on details on the, it's not you can't see it on your TV, but on your computer you can see it. And oh, then, I had no idea. Yeah, it'll, I think yours has like 300 views, so uh, enjoy. Really? really? And it'll give you something to do in New York while you're here. I was excited. I saw that it had like five stars. I was like, oh, like that means, and I was talking to someone, they go, oh, that just means that you gave it five stars. Oh, did you Netflix. give it five? Well, if it's of five yellow stars, yeah, I, I gave it, it five stars. Yeah. Yeah, you got to. It's like, you know, you're allowed to, if you run for president, you're allowed to vote for yourself. Of course. Of course. There's no shame in giving yourself five. If you gave yourself four stars, then you shouldn't have done the special. But there was a lot. I did review, read the reviews, and of course, it's more fun to read the people that hate you. No, of course, I, I love it. Do you mind reading your own reviews that are negative? Oh, I, those are the only ones I like because because the, the good ones are all kind of the same, and they're trying to make jokes which I don't like. Yeah, when people really hate it. They hate it so much that I love it. But if someone says "meh," that kills me. If someone just doesn't care, I'd rather you love me or hate me. But if you're just kind of like, "oh, I don't, I don't give a shit," that bugs me. My favorite ones are the ones where they establish like an authority, like. I watch a lot of comedy. Oh, okay. Here you go. Well, this guy watches a lot of comedy, so I'm going to take. Or they go skip it. I'm like, oh, okay. This guy who I don't know anything yeah. about told me to skip this. I better skip this. But some people articulated uh, pretty well. But you, yeah, it seemed a lot of people. They go with you. I'm sure you've heard me. Oh, it's just shock. It's just shock. Mm-hmm. 
But I remember Carlin talking about George Carlin. <laughs> I have some younger <laughs> listeners. They probably don't know who I'm fucking talking about. Who's George Carlin? Uh, yeah, he was saying like that. That's kind of a bogus way to yeah. criticize a comic. Like, Shock well, shocking is, is good. Yeah, it's a surprise. Yeah. every punchline is a surprise. So a shock is just a big one. And I'm I'm very upfront about that. Do you? Uh, and you're also pretty good at talking about your own jokes within the act. I think you stole that from me as well. But the <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna back off that. That's getting old. I don't mind. I don't. You were certainly an influence. And okay. I, I don't That's all I was looking for. <laughs> we can end now. <laughs> all I was looking for was like a confession from you. The um, was I? Oh, so what's like the what if you got some good stories about people uh, resistance you've received? Oh sure. I mean, I, I my last special Caligula, the one on Comedy Central. Like the, I finished with just talking about. People who would not only come up to me, but would actually upset me in some way. Like if, if someone just came up and were like, you sucked and they walked out, I didn't care. But if someone like really came up and like engaged with me and I walked away like thinking like, how should I have handled that? That always goes in the act. You know, always. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. And now I just stay away from it. Like after a show, you cannot find me. You have to wait for quite some time by the, by the back door to, uh, to take a picture with me or anything because I just don't want to deal with it. Yeah, it's, it's um, I, I still, you know, sell stuff after the show and I stand there, but it is... You can't say "Don't annoy me" when you're basically asking to be annoyed. Of course, and if you're I mean, selling, most people are perfectly nice, and most people are great. It's the drunk ones who like who don't even aren't even mad, but they want to say something. You know, they'll, they'll say something weird like, "Some of that was pretty good." I like a couple of those jokes. You're like, "Really? You had to come up and tell me that?" But it's always it's always alcohol. Yeah, I was just at the comedy cellar, and um, someone came up to Ryan Hamilton, and they're like, "Hey, you were really great," and then he's like. You were the best one, and then you're like, oh, here, it's, it's going to get worse from here. And like, yeah, like the other people were like, like it was like touristy comedy. It's like, you're not, don't you know those are his friends? Yeah. Like, we're all sitting at a table together. I hate when people talk trash on other comics yeah. to you, thinking that you're going to be like down with it. Like, you can like two comics, you can like all comics if you want to. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, you don't have to pick one and, and, uh, and have them be your favorite. But yeah, even if they trash someone, I, I don't like. I still am on the comic side. Oh, of course, I'm like, who? Who do you think you are? I, right. I've I've met this person. I know them. And why would I enjoy this? It's uh, it's weird. So you don't. So you kind of run out of the the venue now. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, if you really, I, I always say, if you need to meet me, you can meet me. Right. But I'm not going to make it easy. I'm not going to stand out by the door as everyone walks out because I did that for years when I was selling CDs and I hated it. And mostly because I just had to run right off stage. You know, I'm sweaty. Like, I just don't want to deal with all those people. And they usually don't have good security for you. Or they want to take 10%. I hate all that. Do you ever travel with security? No. Never. Never. I kind of would love that. I'd love, like, one dude. Who, it would be great. Somebody just huge. Just who sort of says, all right, I understand, I understand what his boundaries are. Like, just kind of gently move certain people away. Mm -hmm. Deal with people who are fucking up the show. But that yeah. costs money to tour with that kind of thing. I don't worry about the money. I don't want to have to hang out with somebody that much. You know what I mean? I like my alone time. Yeah. But it would be fun to have someone to travel with. What do you do uh, on the road, like during the days? <sighs> you know, I try to get up and go to the gym if I can. Because if I don't go to the gym, like everything, all the, all the wheels <coughs> fall off. You know, I'll drink too much or I'll, I'll, be, I'll be stupid at night. And it depends if I'm in a club for the weekend. It's much different than if I'm, if I'm doing theaters. Because then I'm going to different cities every day. Yeah. So I'm kind of traveling. But I kind of just try to take it easy. As easy as I can. I'm always, I'm always thinking about the show that I, I seem very relaxed on stage, but I'm always thinking about it. You know, and I'm, I, do I, do I have this down? Is there a new bit I'm working on? Will I remember things? So it's not, it's not a laid back time for me on the road. 
So you don't poke around the city or anything? Sometimes. It depends on what city I'm in. You know, sometimes there's a place I really want to go. And usually even then I'll go out at night. Because during the day I'm just thinking about the show. I can't relax. Really? I did like an Australian tour for two weeks and I just couldn't enjoy it. Well, that gets all magnified when you're, for me, when you're in another country. When I'm in another country, it's because you're just like, like, if someone says go do a show in Milwaukee, it's kind of like, oh my God, what are they going to get me in Milwaukee? You don't <laughs> think that. Yeah. Because it's kind of, we all talk about the same stuff. But yeah. you don't know what they talk about in other countries. I thought Australia was an interesting time. And I know you. I love there. Australia. I've seen a picture of you with a uh, with a koala bear. Koala. I'm the and first one to uh, to come up with the idea of doing that. But you've a only lot of people have stolen that. <laughs> and you've only shown the picture once. You've only sent out the picture <laughs> once on Twitter, so maybe people haven't seen it. I do uh, any opportunity to post that. <laughs> that was a magical picture because it almost looks fake, but it was taken yeah. on one of those shitty disposable cameras, and uh -huh. she just she just caught it just as this little koala was reaching towards me. Or maybe not reaching towards me, but my direction. <laughs> but anyway, you were saying. Oh, I was just that uh, almost every comedian in Australia is terrible. Like almost every, really? almost everyone. Not all of them. This isn't a blanket statement. There are some great. There's <laughs> I, some great I think that would there. qualify as a blanket statement. <laughs> but there are a lot of there are a lot of really bad ones. But they're just like they're so grateful to have anything. It would be like if you had never shown anyone a movie before and then you showed them Star Wars. Oh like my they God. would just be blown away. Did you tour over there or did you do the festival? I did. I did this tour that was like a disaster. It Let's hear about weird. it. Um, I, my age, I love my agent, but he sends me this thing, and I've always heard about the it's the Melbourne Comedy Festival where you yeah. go and then you tour after that with a bunch of Americans, right? And he was like, "Well, they're doing this new festival in outside of Perth, Rado Fest. You can do that by yourself, and then you'll tour. You'll go around like you know eight different cities in Australia." I thought, "Okay, great. It'll just be me. So like the show will be about me instead of like a bunch of other Americans." Not realizing that the Americans are the people you hang out with. So I get there, and it is I'm, there's there's three kids. They're like 23, 24 years old. They're open micers. Mm -hmm. And they somehow raised the money to bring me over. Oh, it wasn't part of the festival? No. It, they brought. They made their own festival that wasn't a festival. Okay. I did, I did two shows there and just bombed. Like They were like, why are you doing this to us? Yeah. And then toured around where they didn't get me any press. I was in like ballrooms of hotels, like terrible venues. And it just, I just hated it. And I had to hang out with these three young kids who weren't, who weren't bad people, but they're kids for two weeks. And I was just miserable. Miserable the whole time. Did you uh, did you make any money? Yeah, I think I made money, but it wasn't. I didn't. I didn't even care about it at that point. I would have rather gone on that Melbourne festival. Have you been? Have you done the UK? I've done. I did a week in London at the um, Soho Theater. How'd that go? It was great, but it was like a small little place where it's like a hundred and fifty yeah, yeah, seater that that, times. that I sold out like the week. But then like, oh, when you come back, you'll be able to play a bigger place. And I was like, why didn't I just do that in the first place? You know, it was it was hot. It was summer. It, was, it just got lonely for me. The shows were great. But it, it was, was that lonely. your first trip to London? Yes, I had done that um, that festival in Dublin, which I really enjoy, and then went to London straight from there. Dublin, yeah, I've done that. That's a good festival, and I, I like, like Dublin. I like it. I like Dublin too. Um, that festival was challenging, though. Depending it can, on it, who it, you're paired with. Exactly. I was this last time. I was paired with this guy who was like the like the Ryan Seacrest of England. Like all his fans were like 14, 12 year old girls. Yeah. It was this packed place, and I'm opening for him. And they were furious. Hundreds of people walking out. <laughs> I remember some woman screamed at me, you should be ashamed. At one <laughs> point, I was just dying. And then this guy comes on after me and ate it just as hard because the crowd had been like traumatized. They like didn't, they couldn't laugh at his jokes after me. He was oh, the, the headliner? Yeah. yeah. Did he blame it on you? He was, he was not happy. I, think he, I don't think he blamed me because he was very nice to me, but I think he blamed the festival. Like, Why would you put us together? That's crazy. Yeah, what they're doing over there is uh, it's noble, but I don't know if it's the best idea because they they kind of treat you like, hey, you're going to get equal billing, and you end up doing the same amount of time as someone who they love, mm -hmm. 
but the audience is not equally like your fans and their no. it's always completely skewed towards them. Yeah. And oh, then, and they want to hate Americans. And if it's a completely, you know, if it's a very family-friendly act. And you know, so I was paired with some guys who were really good, but it was just like not that my stuff's so edgy, but they didn't necessarily want to see me some of the shows. Mhm. Do you remember what happened to Jen Kirkman when I was there a couple late last year? It was hilarious. What happened? And she can she and I'm friends with Jen, she laughs about it now. Okay. She was having some tough sets. And we would go out drinking all night after uh, afterwards. And one night she goes oh, off on this Twitter this. thing yeah. where she's like, oh, Ed, like Dublin audiences suck. They don't get comedy. <laughs> I'm from Boston. I'm real Irish. Like crazy things you should never say. <laughs> and then she wakes up the next morning and the papers had picked it up in Dublin. Uh-huh. They're like American comic trashes Ireland. And then she ha- she forgot she had one more show to do. Oh, my God. So she couldn't just like trash them and get out. She had to go on stage and answer for it. And it was actually a great show because they were like, their arms crossed. And she kind of made fun of it and laughed about it. And by the end, they loved her. So it was kind of like her redemption story, but in the worst way possible. Wow. That's, uh, yeah, that's a pretty, uh, it's amazing that the press picked up on it. I know. I know. But you wait till you, I mean, there were a lot of tweets. It was hard not to pick it up. Uh, I'd heard about that. I heard that she went, she, she regretted it though, right? Sure. Sure, but in a, in a funny way. Like now, she's got this great story that you don't regret. You don't regret things like that. Do you? Um, so, are you going to go back to UK, or do you need you want a new hour? I'd want a new hour for sure, for sure. So you're not touring at all now? No, no. This is the first time in years <coughs> that I haven't been. I like five years. I haven't been pretty much constantly on the road, and I'm I'm very happy about it. Are you? Even when I did the TV show, it was you know you know ten weeks of a show, and then I would leave the next day. And go on an eight-week tour, and then come back and do the show, which was so exhausting. I regret it. Let's uh, now on the on the special. You talk about when you did that Boston tweet, Boston mm-hmm. bomber tweet. Yeah, and I even noticed at the time. I go, oh, I think he deleted that thing. Well, I guess it's pretty easy to figure out someone deleted something. It's not there anymore. <laughs> but I did. I guess I figured out. Oh, I bet he got some. Someone got to him. Yes, and they yeah. really threatened to. Am I allowed to talk about this? Of course, or? of okay. course. Um. Yeah, I, I won't name names. I still have friends at at Comedy Central, but I, I certainly have enemies now. Where, uh, where I, I mean, the show was about kind of making jokes about the horrible things that happened that week. Yeah. And I thought, I really think about the language. I'm not just making awful jokes. I think, like, I don't want to say the word Boston. I don't want to say bomb. You know, I want to be as tasteful as I can, but still <laughs> try to make some sort of joke here. Yeah, um, 20 minutes after it happened. Exactly, yeah. I, <laughs> In the most tasteful way possible. Um, and I, I get a phone call, and they, they don't say... They don't say that we're going to cancel it, but it was right before they were about to announce it's getting picked up. We were getting picked up for a second season, and we were coming back in like eight weeks so I could keep my entire staff. Mm-hmm. Like the whole staff would have been there. Right. And they were just like, the timing is bad. If you did this a week later, maybe two weeks before, it would have been okay. And the person who had told me to do it, like it's coming from this person, was someone I had never met. And that really made me mad. Because at Comedy Central, you get these relationships with people, and there's certain people who can talk to you about stuff. And then it was like, who is this? Oh, really? They're, they're making me do this? And after I did it, I, I, I really regretted it because we had like a meeting a couple weeks later about it. And it was clear that they had kind of overreacted. That if I had left the tweet up, I would have kept my show. Yeah, that's but what I, I was wondering of, if whether it was if it was like a real we're actually going to cancel you unless you delete. I don't like I've asked my I've talked to people about it since. I'm like, do you really think it would have been canceled? And they say yes. Like they weren't they weren't that thrilled with me. They kept getting in trouble. You know, it was things that I would say something, do something offensive. And I, they, like Viacom would be hearing about it. And they'd be like, why are we getting like these, uh, why are we getting complaints about this stupid show no one's watching? But the public didn't know. So it wasn't like people were tuning in to see how's he going to answer for this controversy. Right. They just didn't know. Do you read the replies when you do a tweet? Sometimes. I, but I, but I, between you and me and the podcast. <laughs> and the 150 million listeners. I always say I don't look at anything. 
I don't look at yeah. I don't look at my at replies. I don't look at negative comments or positive comments just for my own sanity. But I, I check things out sometimes. You know, <laughs> I check things out for a few hours after each tweet. <laughs> I don't tweet that often. No, you don't. I'll, I'll, I'll look. You don't tweet a lot. No, but when you do, man, it fucking hits hard. <laughs> Did um, yeah, because I, I mean, you brought up the special, and I had never thought about this. Like, well, I also didn't know that they threatened to cancel you, but like, the, there is a whole. Bunch they, of people they would go down with you. They just said like we can't endorse the show right now. Like that's that's our thing. Yeah. And my whole staff is looking at me like Anthony, like oh, come on, we all want to work. And th- but then when my show eventually got canceled after the next season, and I think it was still residual stuff. Like you know the ratings went down, but th- we th- we had burned bridges during that. Um, and since the, the show was canceled, I'm like sorry guys, show's canceled. They're like oh we don't care. We already have other jobs already lined up. You know in this business, every show's getting canceled all the time. You don't take it personally. But uh, so I, I would have loved to go back in time and not delete that joke. Yeah, you would definitely would not have. No, no. Was, so it was a tense. It was a tense conversation, or were you like, were you expecting the call? Uh, I wasn't surprised, but I thought they might be like, "Don't do any more," you know, or like, like I didn't think they were going to make me delete it because that was surprising to me. I thought that if they had said apologize for this, I would have let the show be canceled right there. I would not. I would never do that. But I thought deleting this, okay, and then I, I totally regretted it. Absolutely. You should come up with a few really to make up for, like just ones that actually offend you. Even I don't know if I, I, I'm, you can't offend me. Like I'm just no. I don't. Th- you can have make you ever me seen? Mad. That's what I was gonna. Have you ever seen a comic? Because I'm pretty not easily offended. Because I always go, you know, I don't think he really wants to molest children or thinks that's a good thing. So I can listen to this. Not that it's a joke I would make because I'm highbrow. But hello, the. Uh, <laughs> But the um, have you ever has anyone ever offended you? No, it, it, but I understand what you mean. Where like I remember Carlos Mencia once did this bit on like one of those Comedy Central last laugh things they used to do. He was ta- he was like blaming the victims of Katrina, being like you were stupid for not getting on those buses and getting out of there, and the crowd is going crazy. And I you know I, I lived in New Orleans for years, and I was it, it didn't make me laugh. I kind of, it just made me not like him, but I was not offended. You know, I understood what he was trying to do. Like I, that's how I say, like I can't get offended, but you can make me not like you. You know, yeah, I feel like if a joke is just for shock, it's it's easier to forgive than someone who are like, is he really saying how easy it would have been to escape Katrina or well, something? Like, well, like I say, my, my dad has psoriasis. You know, which is a kind of a minor skin disease, like a skin uh, condition. If someone made a joke about that, there's no way I would laugh at it, no matter how no matter how good the joke is. Really, but I would never be offended. I would never be offended by it. You know, do what you want. Do you think you'll ever... I bet somewhere out there there's someone who can make a psoriasis joke that'll... That'll blow the roof That'll off. make your gut bust. <laughs> now, another thing you talked about that I... I you, you phrase this pretty well. I hate to compliment you, but you... Um, <laughs> it's fucking... It's, you're tearing a hole in me. But the... Uh, you were talking about the about people who, who do, do th- write thoughts and prayers, tweets, mm-hmm. and and you kind of... you When you said that... Uh, do you mind me giving away lines that no, are in the go special? For it. Okay, go for it. But you said that these people are basically the subtext. Of what they're going is saying is, "Hey, don't forget about me during this rough time." Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty good because there's so many people on Twitter who they'll just do these tweets that are like, "Hey, racists!" It's like, oh, is this is this for your racist following? Mm-hmm. Like, who, who are you yeah. talking to? Yeah. And if you following. do have racist a following, which you might, I don't think this thing's going to do anything about yeah. it. So is that exactly. your philosophy? Is like you might as well make a joke. I was like, that's who I'm making fun of. Like they're like every joke has a victim. 
you're making fun of the victims of this tragedy. No, I am not. I'm making fun of the people who just write thoughts and prayers, and that's it. And then they sit there and watch the kudos roll in for them of like, oh, what a big heart you have to sit here on your computer and watch, see how many favorites you get. You know, that's who, that's who, I'm, that's who I'm taunting when I make a joke that day. And it's fun to do. Like, I, I basically, I, you could consider me a troll, but I'm trolling those inauthentic people, you know. Do you, have you had any of them direct, like any, have you had any famous feuds with anyone? With famous people. That's all I like care about. Like on Twitter? Yeah. No. Have I'm, you ever I'm had sure call that, you out or anything? No, not really. I'm sure that people, there's people who don't like me. I'm sure there's a lot of oh, yes. uh, comedians and famous people who do Whoa. not like me. But no one who's, no one who I've really kind of had to, you know, battle back and forth on, on Twitter. What about people getting in your face at like airports and shit? No, no one's ever come up. Like people will come up and they're, they're usually fans. No one ever comes up to tell me like they really, they were upset about something. But... I ran into a TSA agent uh, like a week ago, uh-huh. and he said, "Oh, Anthony Jeselnik. I'm, he's, I'm a big fan." He said, "Actually, I saw a family a couple weeks ago. They came through, and their last name was Jeselnik." And I said, "Oh, like the comedian?" And he said, "Their faces were just horrified. Like I must be ruining their lives. Like everywhere <laughs> they go, someone's like, oh, like that guy who does abortion jokes.'" And they're like, "Oh, they must hate me." I wonder if they are related to you. I've never heard that last name before. Really? I know there's there are like three families of Jeselniks that are semi-related to me, and then there's like random ones throughout the country that aren't. So I know those people. Those people have gotten in touch. They have? Well, if you Google Jesselnik, like, <clears throat> I come up. So there was a time where you could get my email address online, and, and people, would, people would email me. And they kind of liked it, but they weren't. Now you're off the grid as far as fans. email address and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't even have one. Yeah. You don't even have your own email address? No, my b- business is going terribly for me uh, because no one can get in touch. You can't afford a Yahoo account? Nope. Do you seriously not have an email address? I have, any, I have oh, several. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have several. Did I fuck up your joke? I kind of did. It wasn't much of a joke. Yeah, it was not a great joke. It no. was, I don't know. If, that was not even close <laughs> to being in counting as a joke. Now, I read somewhere. Um, oh, you wrote? Okay, so you wrote for Fallon also. That's right. How long yeah. did you do that? The first year of the show. I was <laughs> That's why you first... moved to New York, right? Actually, I moved to New York right before that. I wanted to come to New York uh, for stand-up purposes and... Uh, and then, uh, and then I got the job pretty much right away. And it was like my dream job at the time because I wanted to be on a late night show. Uh-huh. I wanted to write monologue jokes. And for a show that was just starting, I would always hear these stories about you know, like Louie at, uh, at Kona when that Kona first started. I just loved the idea of that, of like trying to build a show. Yeah. Um, and it, was, it did not work out like that. What happened? They, I mean, they, it was great. Like, I mean, everyone liked me. I liked everyone I worked with, but they just didn't need me. They, they kind of, you know, gathered an arsenal. Like, what could, we, what could we need for the show? And as Jimmy's voice came up, they just didn't want any of my jokes. Nothing. Did you just get not re- – did your contract didn't get renewed or did you quit? They kept renewing me. I mean, they knew I was funny. You know, in the room, I would be the funnier one. It, <clears throat> it was me and Morgan Murphy were the only two yeah, she's comedians. Really funny. She's great. But we were the only two comics on staff. Everyone else was like a writer. And they're, right, they're just different people. So they knew that Morgan and I were funny, even if we weren't getting the best stuff on or could write in Jimmy's voice. They liked having us around. When I finally left after a year, I had thought that every 13 weeks they were going to fire me. And they told me at the end, they were like, no, 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 we loved you. Like, you could have stayed on as long as you liked, but we knew you wanted to leave. That's a hard so thing good. to quit because, I mean, it's a pretty good job. It is. It was funny it's when I took it. a lot of money if, you, like, if, it's, if you haven't been making that kind of money. I had never been making yeah. that kind of money. I was week to week until that job. Uh, and, and people told when I took the job, people were like, why are you doing this? You could have been a great comic. And then when I quit the job, they're like, why would you do that? You're giving up all this money. But I knew I wanted to go tour. I wanted to headline. I was about ready to do an album. You know, I really used that time at Fallon to kind of uh, just go up at the Comedy Cellar every night, even though it, it made me bad at that job, um, performing, performing every night. You don't hear a lot of people who like give up something to do stand up. 
I feel like stand-up is like the little like thing. A lot of people dabble, I think. That's true. And they're kind of like, yeah, oh, I'm a stand-up. But then like, you feel like if any other offer came in, mm-hmm. they would give it up in a second. Well, I think it's a grass is greener thing. You know, if, It depends on what kind of stand-up you're getting to do, too. If you're go- just doing shows where people come out to see comedy, that gets rough. Mm-hmm. People are coming to see you like the way they come to see you and me. Then it's more fun. That's more fun than any kind of writing job. Yeah, but you got to earn that. Sure. Of course, and that, that's what I wanted to go do. But you've taken writing gigs for a couple of weeks. At yeah, a time, I have. Yeah, you? I don't. I don't mind it. But you wouldn't lock yourself into a show full time. No, 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 I don't think so. That's what I do now. Is if like Robert Smigel is like, "Hey, will you work with me for two weeks on this thing?" I'm happy to do that just to see what that's like. But otherwise, it, it's tough. It's occasionally when I do it, I do feel like, "Oh, I kind of like this whole structured thing." But mm-hmm. it's only because 99 percent of my days, I wake up whenever I want. Yeah, yeah, which is pretty nice. But it depends on who I'm writing for. You know, if I write for Sarah Silverman. If I like a joke, she also likes that joke every time, nine times out of ten. Did you write for Sarah Silverman? A couple times. I wrote for her for the MTV Movie Awards when she uh, when she hosted that, and then she did a thing for the um, Video Music Awards, which I, I wrote her a couple jokes for. I, I, I didn't get that. those gigs, man. Um, I thought you were around for that. I think you may have submitted to her. I didn't get those gigs, man. I wrote for Kimmel a little bit. He liked my the jokes I liked, but Fallon was like, I can't say this. Like, this is funny. I just can't say it. And right. I understood. I was like, yes, you were right not to say this. What am I doing here? You know? <laughs> Did uh, do you still? You know, there's no more money coming in from that, is there? I hate to talk about money. I don't know if I get I residuals about, at some point because I guess I it know shows that, off like, the air. There's no residuals. Yeah, but I get like I was if the, that, when those thank you notebooks come out, I, I'm thanked in that because I was part of the what team are, that originally. What are thank you notebooks? Do you, uh, Jimmy Fallon does thank you notes every Friday where it's like oh the yeah, jokes yeah, yeah. Like, thank oh, you, okay, yeah, yeah. you know, tourists oh, of New York City. That's right. When those come out, I'm thanked. I don't know. I don't think I get any money, but I don't know. I don't know how it works. I have a business manager where they get. That Do you stuff. really? Mm-hmm. Should I get one of those? Absolutely. It's just, the best. I feel like it's I've seen too many episodes of American Greed and you know all these you know I'm just afraid of some here take care of my money. But what, they, is, these guys, what does this person do for these you? These guys do it's all taxes. It's like taxes and insurance. They're not investing my money in like crazy <laughs> things. It's all about like what can we get you the best tax breaks? Uh, and you know everything's a write off. I use a credit card, they get the bill, they're like what's business, what's personal? And they save me more than that 5% every year. Like if someone complains a publicist came and was like, hey, we forgot to bill you for the first four months of your service. You owe us this much money. And I would have just said, oh, yeah, of course, here you go. The manager calls and says, no, 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 that's ridiculous. Cut it in half. Really? So right, so, so right there. So you I'm fuck getting... over someone who you owe money to? So. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because I, I would never do it. I'd be like, I'll pay you double because I feel bad. But uh, a person who I owed money to, I would pay them the money I owed them. Not with a business manager. <laughs> I get out of paying someone to work for me. I love it. Uh, yeah, because I, I, you know, t- they get your screeners though, don't they? They send them right to me. Do they really? Yeah, they don't even open them, which I, which I'm impressed by. Because I know people who uh, this is pretty inside showbiz shit. But <laughs> the uh, I know people who like have these business managers. Yeah, I don't get the screeners. My fucking uh, really. My manager. My I mean, you probably have a better business manager. Probably a little more professional. Probably. I'll get that name after. It's five percent of your income. Yeah, everything. Do they do your taxes as well? Oh yeah. Yeah. Also, okay. Maybe I should ask my accountant. Do it all. They, you're incorporated, right? I'm not. I was told not to. Really? Yeah. There was the year I was on Fallon. I wasn't worried about it. The year I was on Fallon, they told me how much money I lost by not being incorporated after taxes. Well, the and difference I was is shocked. now we're going from inside showbiz to inside finance, which is even more boring. <laughs> but we'll make it fun. I know we don't have to talk about. We don't have to talk. I do. What's the name of your corporation? See, that's why I want to become incorporated because I want to think of a name of a corporation. I, it was funny. I wanted. I thought of all these different ones oh, is it that like, I want. Is it like Jezelco or something? It's Jezelco Corp. Yeah, because I, I I wanted um, 
the Good Intentions Paving Company. And I was like, I don't have to write that down all the time. And it was also the name of like a song yeah. that I didn't like. Uh, I had a couple of like Too Soon Incorporated. Oh, that's people not were like, you don't want to, you don't want to joke because it's going to get less cute over time. The Jezzle Corp was like, all right, just just do that. It's like when you stop having like a cute email address. Mm-hmm. Or if you like your band's name something is something simple. funny. You know, it's not going to be funny after a little exactly. bit. Exactly. So you hear that, people who are about to get incorporated? <laughs> <laughs> Talk to your business managers. And uh, now what about, um, I read somewhere that you wanted to do Weekend Update. That was your dream job? Yeah, it would have been. Is it still your dream job? No, that door has closed. You know, in, in just a way that in, in this reality, like that, that's, that, time, is, that time is over. For Why me. is that? Um, just, you know, uh, kind of aged out of it, I think. And just the way that that show is going. I mean, I actually, I, I auditioned for it. Oh, uh, once. Yeah, I got to audition. I always thought that maybe when Seth Meyers when Seth Meyers left, that would be my one window of opportunity. And when he left, I told my manager, I was like, I just want my name brought up in the room. That was my only thing. And they said, your name was brought up, but uh, you have your own TV show on Comedy Central right now. You know, like with your name in the title, they're looking for someone else. And they, they brought You're in break uh, someone a little bit. different people. And exactly. They, they just don't want to bring in like a ringer. And then I got to audition uh, a year later and it went very, very well. Like I thought... Maybe I'm gonna get this. How did you audition? What was the audition like? It was it was exactly like a it was like like um what do you call it um and I rarely do it, but you know when you go on an audition and you test for it yeah where it's like everything is kind of like how it's gonna be you're on the weekend update set right like a screen test kind they've of thing. given you the jo- they've dressed you up in a suit they've given you jokes like weeks in advance and then you can kind of write your own oh really and then they had a bunch of people auditioning together as pairs and then me by myself and I really I was like oh I might. I really thought I was going to get it. You, they didn't put you with anyone? No, just me. That's interesting. And was Lauren yeah. in the room? Yes. Lauren and a bunch of other people. You know, maybe like 10 other people. Wow. But it was, it was weird where they say, they're like, all right, you, you, you're going to do a run-through during the day. You'll come back at night, do a run-through, and then do it right there. So you get one practice session. And after the first group goes in, they come back to me like, all right, you're going next. Lauren, cut the practice session. You're just going in and doing it cold. And I was just like, you know, that like, like a laser focus, <laughs> zone in, and just like do your best. And I, I was very proud of what I did. So I made that, if that, that's probably as close as I'm ever going to get to that job. But I felt like even getting that close was enough for me. You know, I liked, uh, I liked doing that. Do you think they would let you go as far as you want on that show, though? I think, I mean... I mean, they go, I guess they, they're, they're not too afraid. They can go hard. Like, in my audition, I had some hard jokes. Like, they had said, don't do anything AIDS or Hitler with Lauren. And so I cut all of those. <laughs> I had to write 10 so, jokes. Yeah, I like, uh, like, uh, so I started from scratch. But I had, I, had some, I had one that I loved so much. It was like, who was the guy? Tony Stewart, yeah. who had just killed a guy with his car. Do you remember that? Tony Stewart was a race car driver, and a guy jumped out of his car to was yell at him. Was it Tony Stewart? It was Tony Stewart who killed a guy. Yeah, yeah. And, Tony, and the joke was Tony Stewart, after, three weeks after killing a man with his car, Tony Stewart, and Tony Stewart returned to racing and said that this uh, accident will affect him for the rest of his life. Or more accurately, three weeks. And I, they, that cracked them up. Do you not get that joke? I don't get that. What is it? That he, he, after, he, returning to racing three weeks after killing a man with his car, yeah. Tony Stewart said it will affect him for the rest of his life. Or more accurately. It was a joke on him only taking three weeks off after killing a man. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see. What Maybe that's why I didn't get the job. Yeah, I think if I don't get a joke and I'm a comedy expert, <laughs> professor... Maybe I maybe I maybe I need to start over with that joke, but I don't want to make you do it now. Um, I would never do it again now. I mean, if, even if you <laughs> begged feel, me to, I feel terrible because I, I, I would. If someone did to, well, I mean, I just I'm like, should I, I have him edit this out right I now? I had a human reaction. 
Whoever's listening to this right now is on the floor no, crying this is good, laughing. Uh, this is, if you're at home, did you get that joke? <laughs> Retweet for yes, say for no. Do you um? Okay, so no weekend update. What are you gonna? What are your? Uh, what are your big plans? I'm working on a TV show now. I I got it. I'm working on a show with FX, kind of like a uh, like a scripted show where I'd be like playing myself, kind of, but acting. Uh-huh. The one thing with the with the Jesselnick offensive, I didn't like that. I kind of set it up, and a lot of the ideas were mine. But then the jokes were all from this like staff of people. I don't really like telling other people's jokes. Right. I was like, wouldn't it be fun if I could sit there and really shape <laughs> the whole season, and then go and do it that way, and then shoot it, be done with it. So when it's airing, I can do press and stuff, and be kind of uh, removed from it. Whereas with my with the Jesselnick offensive, I was doing press and writing it and doing that every every day, and I couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand that kind of that so, sort of pressure. So you have like a deal with FX? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to, I mean, it's a very FX is they give you no money, but you have total creative freedom. Can I have one of those deals? Yeah. You want one? Yeah, I do. I I would think that you could you could easily get one. I wish I was friends with someone who had a show on FX. <laughs> Has Louis ever talked to you about that? Yeah, we've talked about stuff. Because he's produced he produced your um the crowd work tour, right? He did. Just the tour or the 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 special? The special. No, he well, and it, he ended up kind of producing, you know. Flying back first class from Alaska was probably not something I would have done, but sure. that ended up getting paid for. Nice, nice. Ah, oh, first class. Now we've been on a couple of flights together. <laughs> I remember one to two, I think. Yeah, one's one of my. If this is the one story you were going to Florida to visit your dad, I yeah. was going to do a show. Um, and the other one, I remember there was a, there was a flight. Where we did we do Austin together, or did you fly from LA to Austin with me once? I don't know. There was a flight once, I remember. It was, it was the day after the first season of my show had ended. I had no sleep. And at 6 in the morning, we take this flight to Austin. And on the flight, it's me, Mark Marin, Dom Herrera, um, Greg Fitzsimmons, like all these different comics. Yeah, I don't think I was on that one. And we get, I, we get off the flight, and I get a call saying, all right, your car is waiting for you. And I go and I get my bag, and I jump in the car, and I'm like, wait, oh, we're waiting for everybody else? And like, no, this is just for you. And I realized, oh, I've bought my own car because this is the beginning of a tour. Uh-huh. And then I get to my hotel and I, I pull, I get out. And as I'm getting out, I see the whole this big white van with all these like legends of comedy get out and they're just staring at me. <laughs> I'm like, how much shit did I just get talked on me for the last half hour? <laughs> they're riding funny. back like, from the oh, airport. Guys, I loved uh, it. Oh, Mr. Separate can't ride yeah. in the van. Yeah, with yeah oh, Mr. Big Time with yeah. fucking his peers. I would have been happy to ride in that van. But I do remember something. <laughs> we were waiting at the gate for one of these flights, and you were in first class, and I was in, I guess, go ahead, coach. Go ahead and say it, yeah. I got you. Go ahead and say it. Uh, coach. Were you riding with the pilots, or were you in the back? And you, I remember they, they were doing seating, and you said, oh, this is, this is really throwing you under the bus, but you said, i got to get my diamond status on, or something like that. <laughs> I may have said. I mean, I know you were half joking, but. It was ha- it was a half joke. I like to get on the plane first. I, I get anxiety so about it. That's what that's of course, one of the things I mean, about uh, about doing. That. I obsess I, uh, over frequent flights. I felt bad because when I got off the plane, I kind of waited for you for a little bit, and I was like, I got to get out of here. I got to go. No, it's it's understood. If your friend's in first class and you're in the back, you're not going to be talking to them, right? They're not going to be like undoing all the. You know, I, I I thought about trading seats with you, <laughs> the same way as people would like see it a soldier and be like, Hey, would you want to sit up here? I thought about <laughs> doing that for you. Oh wow, that would have been. I would have let you do that. <laughs> <laughs> Next time you fly first all the time, as much as I can. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that means not all the time. Pretty much, unless it's a plane that doesn't have first class, I'm in first class, always. 
Who you pay and I for? Don't it? E- I pay for it. I don't even because I don't even want to worry about getting upgraded. And I always, my, I always assume that my career is going to be over in a year, and then I'll live off those miles. You know, I'll live off those miles for forever. I would argue you'd probably be easier to live off money that you're not spending on those. <laughs> True. True. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, twenty five thousand fucking freaking flower miles. Oh, you could have had three thousand dollars. Okay. I went to first class as soon as I could. Yeah. As soon as I could. And I did it in a smart way. Like once the once I started making enough on the road that it made like from what I was paying for coach, the percentage was now equal. So your business manager, he or she would go like, "Hey, Anthony, maybe don't fly." They never talk about that. They have they have different. They they don't advise you. They have other issues with me and my money. What are your issues? Can I hear? I I did a. um, It's not a big thing. Like I honestly, I don't spend that much. But uh, but I, I moved into a new apartment, and I had it like a decorator come in. Yeah, and this decorator come in and they just and they like I didn't check anything. I was just like, just do whatever you want, and it was a lot of money. And then nine months later, I was like, I have to get out of here. I hate this place. And so they were like, Anthony, why would you sink all this money to a place that you didn't even know you liked yet? And then I had to sink more money into the, the place I went to after that, which was in the building that I'd moved out of. We come to the. the other you know, place. I thought of moving back into an old building of mine, and I thought, God, just the confusion of telling people. I love it. I think it's like, a funny wasn't story. That your fucking, wasn't that your old address? Did yeah. You? They laugh at me. They think I'm stupid. So you went from one building to another building back to the other building. Mm-hmm. But a different apartment. I, I, I'm on, I'm you on upgraded. The floor. Yeah. No, I, I think it's, it's about the same. Like the other, the, my first place was bigger, but it was on a lower floor. So it was noisy. And my bedroom was right next to the loading dock. It was above a restaurant where Ooh. the building was. And that, for oh, that's five, brutal. five minutes every morning, it was murder. The rest of the day, it was great. So now I'm in a, like a, I'm in like a uh, thing on the top floor that's smaller, but the noise is, is way better. Yeah, like some dude who wakes up, up at that. 6 a.m. anyway, that's a great apartment for him. Exactly. Because there's this alarm clock. Exactly. Did, um, so you, uh, shit, what was I going to say? So you have any celebrities in your building? Um, in the new one, a couple, um, one I can, I guess I can say I'm talking, Ricky Lindholm lives in that building from Garfunkel Notes. Oh, of course, I know Garfunkel Ricky. Notes. Um, and then the boyfriend of who's the supermodel? She was in the Blurred Lines video. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, Alan Thick. No, the girl from the, the girl from Thicke. the video. <laughs> Robin Thick. She was in Gone um, Girl. She was in Entourage the movie. Really? Emily Rajakowski or something. Oh, wow. Her boyfriend lives there, so she's always running around. <laughs> that is the weakest celebrity uh, in the, my the, building. The boyfriend of the, the model? boyfriend of a celebrity lives. So while they're going out, well, I'm always whenever you see her. She's the one of the. She's one of those like supermodels who every time you see her, she's like, "Hey, how are you?" Like in a way that like that's how she disarms people is by being so crazy nice. Right. She's like, it's "I like, know oh, people think I'm gorgeous and I'm going to be rude and mean, exactly." But I want to show you. She's like, "Hey, what's up?" And I'm like, oh, "Do we know each other? This is weird." But so you you, you remember her? Do you um, are you a starstruck person? No, but what I will do sometimes is I'm like mean to people because I don't want to be like, "Hey," like Pete Holmes introduced me to Jeremy Piven. In a way that he wasn't like, hey, meet Jeremy Piven, so you want to meet him? He was just like, Anthony, come over here. I want to meet somebody. Like, meet my friend. And I turn around, the guy's like, Jeremy. And I've liked Jeremy Piven's work in the past, uh-huh. but I've also heard horrible things about him. So in, the, in my split second, I decided to just not be a jerk, but I just <sighs> pretend like I don't know him. I just like, hi, Anthony. And the look on his face was like, you clearly know who I am and you're being a jerk about this. That I kind of felt bad about that. So that's what I'll, that's like when I'm kind of starstruck, I react poorly to it. It's like a little child, like a little petulant kid. <laughs> exactly, exactly like that. I don't know who you are. Exactly like that. How often do you get recognized? Um, it comes and goes. You know, when the show was on the air, when the Comedy Central show was on a lot. You know, after after a roast, you know, a couple of weeks after that, it's a lot. 
with the Netflix special coming up, it kind of comes back up again, but then it goes down. You know, it, it, you have to get recognized by fans, not so much like you're on TV. You know, so a decent amount. And I'm 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 nice to people if they're sober, and if they're a fan. I hate when people are like, "What do I know you from?" You know, I'm not going to play that game with you. Well, so what would you do in that situation? I w- I would go. Uh, I don't know, man. And I would just try to keep moving. I say I, I'm big on body I language. I, I sometimes say I don't know. If someone says you look familiar, I'd say I am, and then I leave it at that. You know, <laughs> or I try to give them a good story. If someone comes up and they're nervous, I'll just be like, "Go fuck yourself," and then they laugh because that's like my persona is mean, and they have like a funny story to tell. That's what they want. But you say it as a joke, of course. I mean, kind of. And I, I'll laugh afterwards. Like I got, I was at dinner with my family in Pittsburgh. I went to a Penguin game. I took my brother and, and a dad out, and a guy sends us a round of drinks. And afterwards, I get up, and it's this big Italian guy with this whole family at the table. And he's like, hey, I loved you on uh, Last Comic Standing. Uh, I, thanks, I'm like, thanks a lot for everything. He's like, he introduces his family. He's like, this is Mike. This is Jeff. This is blah, 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 my son. This is my wife, Amy. And I go, oh, I know Amy. And she laughs hysterically, and the guy gets furious. And then I just took off. I was like, see you later. You got your story. Gone. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's a pretty obvious joke, especially if she's <laughs> laughing. Oh, no, yeah. I think I he would be kind of – was like, wife. I'm still insulting you. Yeah, I, I didn't know – I didn't know. Well, that's the price. You know, he bought five or six drinks for you guys. Two, actually. Two of us weren't drinking. It wasn't a lot. The, uh, I haven't asked you about Last Comic Standing. I only watched a few, a little of that with you on it. Because I, I, I watched the season before, I think. And then I just, I don't know. I just didn't want to keep watching. Oh, I hadn't watched it in years. But how did you get, how did that happen? I mean, I'm so glad you asked. Nobody asked me about this. Really? Weird. No one does. And I thought people would. They'd be like, this is so funny that you're doing this. Why? So I could explain myself. And like, Wow, this is, um, your, fuck, this is a big night for you. I, I just thought it was really funny that they asked me to do it. Like, the amount of people they must have asked. Like, those names would fit on a goddamn war memorial. So many people must have turned it down for them to come to me. Because I'd had a meeting with them where I had said, listen, if I do this, I would be making fun of the judges. I'm making fun of contestants. Like, I'm just going to be a jerk and try to be as funny as I can instead of just saying, like, here's here's who's next. And they looked horrified. And then a few months later, they offered it to me. I thought, this is crazy. They must, like, really want me. And then they said, Norm's doing it. And it was eight days of work. That was the big thing for me. It wasn't like, it wasn't like a total of eight days. Total of eight days all in one studio. I wasn't running around doing challenges. So I thought, God, I'd really love to work with Norm. And let me see if I can, like, find a funny way to do this. And then I immediately regretted it. Like, I immediately realized what this was. Norm was like, oh, my God, what am I doing here? And then we fought for, like, the first, like, See, four I'd heard days. you fought, but I wasn't sure if it was, like, They playful. cut it all out. It was what were you fighting? Can you talk about that? Kind of. I mean, and, and I love Norm. And Norm and I figured it out. It was just kind of, it was like two people trying to joke around with each other when I think they were not ready for me. They did not expect me to be roasting them after everything they said. You know, there uh-huh. were these judges just kind of making comments, and I was pretty brutal. Especially when I wanted to play with Norm, I felt like I was like Edward Scissorhands trying to hug somebody. Yeah, like I just I loved them. And after a couple of days, we figured it out, and it was okay. But when they edited, we we would talk and be like, "This is going to be great television," because it, it, me and Norm yelling at each other, and like we'd have to take a break for ten minutes to calm down after some of these. Oh, really? I'm like this is going to be amazing like, what, when they air it. What would you argue about? Like, give me like a real heated yelling at each other. I'm trying to. It would. It would it's so much. No one's really yelling, but it's it's very uncomfortable. Like what and started it? I'm trying. I'm trying to give me a second to think. <laughs> I'm really fucking. I'm an um, impatient reporter. It would be like he would make a comment to someone, and I would make a joke. To, I would make a joke about his comment. Like he'd be like, "Oh, it was refreshing to hear a comic do a joke about Uber," and I was like, "Oh yeah, Norm. No one's ever done a joke about Uber before." And he's like. And he would just like look like shake his head. And then the next time I would say something to him, I just kept on hitting him as like as kind of like a, being funny, uh-huh. but he wasn't taking it as being funny. 
And so he would start to get more upset and then argue with me. And it would just go back and forth. And sometimes it got pretty bad. I'm, I'm trying to think of a good one. Oh, we, we just flat out did not like each other. Keenan, I mean, would, if, if you, they, they found me in an alley yeah. tonight, like with my head bashed in, Keenan did it. I'll tell you that right now. Oh, he hated you more? Hated me more. But he was professional about it. Norm was like trying to find his way and try to find how to be, he could be funny. And I think once they edited, they made people kept saying Norm is nice to everyone. I don't know how they did that because Norm crushed everybody, crushed them. Like insulted all the comics? Not in so much insulted, just like, what are you, what, this isn't comedy. What are you doing here? This is terrible. Yeah. And he was kind of, he was always, uh, his, his line was always moving. He'd be like, I don't like that kind of comedy. I like dark comedy. And he'd be like, I, I don't like that. I don't like dark comedy. I like political comedy. I don't like political comedy. He just had, it was He's all, all over the, the map. Place. Yeah. Yeah. So why so, did Keenan hate you? Um, for the same reason I think Norm did. Just he, he didn't expect someone being making fun of him. He was used to J.B. Smoove coming out and just being like, that's great, Keenan. All right, next. Yeah. And I, any chance I got to make fun of Keenan, I would. And he would just look at me with this smile where he's not going to give me anything. But he would kind of laugh, I guess. So was it tense? Like, did you just host and then get the fuck out of there? Or did you, or did they come up to you? What was that about, man? It, got the, it was like a roast. It was like where everyone just scatters. Nobody wants to be around each other. You know, Norm would say hi a couple of times, but that was even kind of weird. We did not really. We did not really speak. So, did you patch things up with Norm? As much as you can. Did you know, you know him before? No, I'd never met him before. Oh, you never even. Which met I think him. was okay. one of the problems. Yeah, because he's like, you know, you can't tell if he's being a dick or or you're. He couldn't tell if you were being a dick. Exactly. Uh, but afterwards, he was very complimentary to me. Like we would we would live tweet the episodes, and he and I would just trash it and be like, "This is terrible. I can't believe what they did." Like I talked to the director, and I was like, "Is it me?" Like, am I, am I too upset about what they've turned the show into? And she was like, no, no, no. We're all humiliated. Now, did you know ahead of time you were going to trash the show? Yes. Yeah, I only have one speed. Like, I knew that's what I was going to do. And they cut So, everything. now, did you really trash? Now, this is going to get really fucking, I'm really going to get antagonistic here. But did you, uh, is that sort of like, did you take it? Like, I'm going to take this money and then pretend I didn't want to do it? No, I wanted the experience. Okay. Because it wasn't like, it's a lot of money to be on that. But it wasn't. It wasn't. I didn't do it for the money. People, there was an argument about like, this is enough money for you to come and do this. But I, it really was Norm eight days, and I had taken two years off of television mm -hmm. to go on the road. That I thought I've got the special coming out. Wouldn't it be interesting to do this? Yeah. Um, that I that I kind of wanted to see my angle. And if you watched it, like <coughs> I look furious, which I think is very funny. It would be like if you hosted uh, Last Comic. I'd, be, I'd love to see that a host with no energy, you know, come out and 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 be a host. Um, I hope you take that as a compliment. Uh, but I've I, heard better compliments. But I no, I, that was that's funny. fine. I get But that. no one cool like watched the show. Like, do you remember when Natasha Leggero got in trouble for a joke she made on like a New Year's Eve thing with Carson Daly? Yeah, yeah. Where she was, she had to write a blog, blog thing about it because she was like, no one cool watched that show, so nobody knew about it. Yeah. So she had to write and like tell people. When I thought people would watch Last Comic and be like, wow, Anthony's doing something really funny here. He's kind of like really undermining the show yeah. by just being himself, kind of, and no one noticed that, you know, at all. Did um. So, have you talked to either of those guys since? I'll never talk to Keenan ever. Um, <laughs> Norm, I've seen around like, at shows, and we're, and we're cool. We talk a little bit, but uh, he's just one. He's he's so big yeah. that he kind of like talks at you. There's no real. It's not a real conversation. I don't think he listens as much as he talks, and he doesn't have to. He's Norm McDonald. You know, I, I loved him, but we certainly had some tension. What do you think of those shows in general? Where, like, if a comic came up to you, like a young comic, and said, "Should I do this show?" I say this. I say it's the only opportunity you're ever going to get to do stand-up on, on network primetime television. It's the only opportunity. There's no other place to do it. Uh, so if you, can, if you can look at it that way, then great. You know, someone will see you and, you'll, and they'll, you'll be their favorite comic. 
if you even get like one minute on there, but it doesn't mean anything. I would tell them. I would I would do these like things, speeches in the beginning. I would say, listen, I'm the best comic for five miles around, and I would and I wouldn't last thirty seconds on the show. You know what I mean? So I don't respect you know, the people who did really well, but it's not a bad opportunity. Where was this film that you were the best comic for? <laughs> it was it was at Universal City. <laughs> it was in a Bismarck, North Dakota. <laughs> not in L.A. or New York, that's for sure. The um, yeah, I don't know. I I feel like. I feel like I, I've, you know, when I talk about, it, I go, you know, it is prime time. I never have done stand up on prime time, as far as I remember. I, I'm going to say no, I haven't. But you're at their mercy because their their larger issue is not making you look good. It's making a TV show, and it's much more interesting, I, I guess, to them to have like, oh, here's a guy who bombed. But that's not. If they had done that, it would have been great because some of the funniest things were after someone ate it. We'd all be laughing. Like that was that was really fun, and they cut it all. They wanted everyone to look good. Even someone who bombed, they'd make them look good. But I've seen them do the opposite, though, where they... Before, in the last couple of years, when Wanda and Paige took over, they changed yeah, it up. Like, they, they want the comics I've to like I've seen comics where they're like, you know, don't... You know, they would add, like, Chirons and stuff to... It's like, that's not fair. That's just... It's like you're heckling them in, in the editing room. Mm-hmm. But wow, they, didn't, they didn't do that's that this brilliant time. brilliant the way I said that. Now it's all, now it's all funny. I, if you have other things going on, then, of course, don't. Go do it. You know, if you can get a late-night set on a Kimmel or a Conan or something, go do that instead. If you can't... It's an opportunity, you know, and I, like I liked I liked getting getting to wear like five thousand dollars suits, you know, and standing. Yeah. They're like, I'm not going to get that opportunity again. I'm not going to do a lot of network TV things. That for eight days, I thought it was funny. To Did do. they let you keep the suits? But I fought them like crazy. And they were like, No, 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 we're keeping them, we're keeping them. And then I had to do press later on, and I was like, Well, I don't have anything to wear. Get me the suits, and they found them. They were like balled up in a box somewhere. They didn't even like save them. So then I got I got a few of them. I think I, I stole a tuxedo. Stole? Yeah, because after the finale, I just wore it to the rap party. And they were like, you got to bring this back before you get paid. I was like, yeah, 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 try that. And they paid me. And then I got a couple suits to do press after, later on that I kept. But really? I was I, in, it, from now on in my contract, I'm keeping everything. That's, I couldn't believe it's $20,000 worth of suits. They tailored them to my body. <laughs> right. You're not going to give me these suits? Come on. Yeah, I tried to get one when I was on Wanderlust. And they, it, I don't know what happened. They're like, yeah, email us. And then I think I just either gave up because like, oh, this is, not, this is like getting a – a ja- like I have jackets, but they don't fit. So this is like mm-hmm. I had someone do this for free. Yeah, can I have the jacket? And they're like, yeah, we might be able to do that, but nothing. They always say at the time if you ask the wardrobe, they're like, oh yeah, totally, because they want you to be happy. And then afterwards, like, no, no, no. And it's all accounting. They just want to say, oh no, we still ha- we didn't spend this money. We still have this jacket, but no one's ever going to wear it again. Do, yeah, I don't. I mean, I, I guess a wardrobe person could answer that definitively, but I know they sometimes. I think they buy shit and return it also after they use it. Maybe, maybe. Oh, dude, I'm really, these are insider secrets. <laughs> Should be, uh, so Pittsburgh, I feel like Pittsburgh's an unappreciated city. Underappreciated? Underappreciated. Know, unappreciated. It's like, it, I think it's like above Buffalo and Milwaukee, but like, and in Cleveland, I'd say it's above those three, but it's not, it's not going to win a fight against New York or LA. It used to be, I mean, I guess it used to be a little more maligned than it is. It used to be sort of a punchline, I guess. Mm-hmm. But then, and then I went there around. and I was like, oh, this is kind of a nice looking city. Mm-hmm. Once they get rid of the factories and stuff, it's, it's, uh, it's much nicer. They're turning it around. I'm proud to be from Pittsburgh. But when I go back, they don't even believe that I'm from Pittsburgh. They're like, where's your accent from? I'm like, I don't know what to tell I didn't you. know if there was a Pittsburgh accent. I was accent. born and raised. There's like a, hey, Yin's guy's going downtown. There's that sort of thing. But uh, I don't do that. Do you, um, see, I, that's one of those cities where when I was there, I said, oh, I'm going to look up real estate. And then you're like, oh, fuck, I can. I could live like a god here. I know. My sister just moved to a new place. Her rent, if I, if I had to pay that rent, I would take over the world. It would be amazing. Fuck. I think, I think everyone's going to move to Pittsburgh. 
after this endorsement, of course. So you're working on the TV show. Yeah, just turned in an outline today. Are you doing it by yourself? No. Oh, that would be a disaster. I'm doing it with uh, with a guy, Jeffrey Blitz. Uh, do you know Andy Blitz? Yeah, yeah. He made uh, a great movie. Yeah, a couple he made of great two movies. Great, that lottery movie is really good also. Did you see that one? The lottery movie? He did a documentary called, I think it was called Lucky, about uh, what happens to people after they win the lottery. Yes. He's, we, we've talked about that. I, I saw Spellbound, which I loved. Oh, he did the science one also. Uh, Rocket Science. Rocket Science. Yeah, yeah that, that's great. all three of those. Just did a new one you'll like uh, with Anna Kendrick called um, Table 19 that should be coming out in the next year. It's a documentary about Anna Kendrick? It is a, <laughs> it's a movie about a wedding. Everyone's at like the worst table at the wedding. It's like this like motley crew, and they're trying to. So it's it's a fictionalized. It's yes, a, it's like uh like rocket science was. It's not another documentary. So do you work with Andy as well? No, no. I so we talked to Andy, but it's just the the two of us. He uh, Blitz is also the showrunner on Review, so he's also like does showrunning stuff. Um, Jeffrey Blitz is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I talked to Andy, but but Jeffrey and I are really digging into this, and I don't know. I don't understand story really. I'm just like jokes. Everything yeah, is yeah, jokes. Yeah. So I'll write something. He'll be like, we can't keep this up. You know, this would be everything is everything can't just be rapid fire jokes. And there's shows that do that, but we're trying to do more of like a real kind of like a Louis type girls type thing. I heard that even the the guy I'm sure you've seen Airplane and Naked Gun, those mm-hmm. movies are oh, yeah, very joke heavy. I don't know why I would even ask if you saw them. But, they, uh, <laughs> but I heard they worked six weeks just plotting the uh the outline. Yeah. The story. I'm sure. And then inserted all these amazing jokes. I mean, you have to. And that's, I my, my eyes glaze over. It's like character development and yeah. plot and w- what's going to happen. I just, I don't care that uh, that I'm, I'm strictly humor. What are your uh, stand-up plans? I don't know. You know, I'd love to, I'd love to kind of, uh, I'd love to kind of keep going down the path that I go in the last half of the special. I like having my like dark, clever one-liners, but I'm also getting tired of it like, how many more dead baby jokes could I possibly have? How many more of these, like, I feel like I've just hit these topics so hard that it's gotten boring to me. Uh-huh. That I want to just find ways to be more personal, but also have those same, those same kind of jokes, but in the, in the personal stories. And I'm figuring out how to do that. But it's, it's tough. Sounds like a one-man show. I, I wouldn't go that far. I don't, <laughs> don't make me Mike Birbiglia just yet. I still consider myself a stand-up, but I want to, I want to go a little deeper. And, and it's, it's scarier to me, but I need, I need the challenge. I need to do something more. Are you working on that? What I've been doing. I'm trying to. I mean, do you write? I mean, how do you? I know that's the most generic question, but. I write in one-liners. I write, I just write jokes. I'm trying to get that clever thing. And then I just, uh, occasionally I'll think of something that, oh, this would be fun to talk about on stage. And then I can just talk that out and see if I can find do you, jokes. Do in you it. literally write out the joke or do you write out the, I guess for I one-liners, joke. you don't? I write out, no, I write out the whole joke. I'll have to come up with a couple of premise maybe. And I'm like, what are the different ways this can go? And which is the. Which is the funniest one? Where did you? Um, where do you write? Do you write at home? Usually, no usually. coffee shops. No, I don't like to get out, and like, I don't like. To, I don't like being in a coffee shop with my laptop. Really? You know, sometimes on a plane I can write. You know that that's not a bad place to do it. I talked to Jordan. You know Jordan Rubin. Yeah, he says he takes the uh, train from L.A. to San Diego, writes on the train the whole way, has dinner, and then comes back and writes the whole way. But he says he gets a ton done that way. I've heard of. Uh, I think I heard about some writing staff that did that, where they all just got on the train mm. and went somewhere. Jordan, when I, I was talking to Jordan about that, he said Eli Roth, the horror director, yeah. he writes, he takes, a, he takes a goddamn plane to Amsterdam, writes on the plane, hangs out in Amsterdam for a couple of days, does whatever, and then flies back. And that's how he writes. So I guess when you're a multimillionaire, you can do that. I've thought of doing something like that, but I'm always afraid that I'll, it'll be like... Hey man, if I just you know take a train to Hartford, I'll go check in a Marriott there, and I'll uh, 
I'll just fucking write eight hours a day. It's like, I probably wouldn't. I don't know if I'll do that. And then and you just have this hotel bill that you wasted money on. You know, I've done that. I did that twice. When I worked on Fallon, I could not write for myself. I would try and it just wouldn't work because I was so in this yeah. So when I had two weeks off, we'd get these like breaks. I would go. I went to a cabin in Ojai outside of LA for a week and I wrote a hundred jokes in a week. One of them made it into my act. And it was one of my least oh, favorite jokes. Wow. And then once I went to a cabin in Woodstock, and wrote for a week. And it wasn't 100 jokes, but I actually got a lot. I maybe got like 10 jokes out of that. And that's huge for me. I got a lot of writing done once at a, in Sacramento. Because I was in just a basic... I was writing, working on a screenplay for one of your favorite movies. <laughs> I don't think I don't think the movie got made. But, the, uh, but yeah, it was like a thing where it was like, oh, there's, kind of, there's a shopping center, there's a movie theater, there's a Starbucks, and I have to work. And there's just enough to keep me complete, a little bit fueled up. Yeah. That's why I'm one of the most prolific writers in the country. <laughs> what is you? Let me ask you this: What is your ratio? Like, I would give myself, and I'm, if I'm being generous, a one to ten. Maybe I'd say a one to twenty ratio. For every twenty jokes that I write, one of them might make it in my act. Um, I've never thought about it quite like that, but I do have a long list of like you know the new file, and it's like wow. I'd have not even explored that. I tried that once. Mm -hmm. It's just, I get these ideas where like, I don't even see how I could turn this into, or this, or this is so funny to me, but it's really hard to, um, you know, like, I don't know if you've ever had jokes that either, that kill half the time and then bomb half the time. I've got a couple like that, you know. Where you're just like, right when you think, oh, this joke's not working, then it destroys, and you're like, I don't fucking understand. I had this one joke on my last special where I loved it. Like, I thought it was one of the best I've ever done. And it would always get kind of like half of a laugh. Half the people were laughing. And then when this, uh, there was somebody who wrote in the New York Times wrote about the special. And I wrote him a thank you note. And I was like, you know, thank you for writing that. That, that was really nice of you. And he wrote back, yeah. He's like, this one joke, the joke I'm, I'm about to tell you. He's like, that's one of my favorite jokes ever. They did not get the respect it deserved. That was amazing. And I go, Thank you, but what I wanted to say was put that in the fucking article. Like that would have been <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. But the joke was, um, my dad didn't trust anybody. He did not trust anyone. In fact, he had a saying, but he wouldn't tell me. I thought that is that is a good joke. I love that joke. That but was it, from, that's but it, in the special. Yeah, but your reaction is the reaction of people. They're like, that's a good joke. But I want that. Like, holy shit, that's a. That well, I, you're not going to get that from me. I mean, no, <laughs> oh, mainly because no one will. I'm a fucking cool guy, man. I'm, Who makes you laugh? Who makes me laugh? Yeah. Uh, I love Attell. Mm -hmm. I love Brian Regan. Yep. I love, uh, oh, oh, God. Oh, Maria Bamford. Mm hmm. Louis, once in a while. I always got to insult him. Uh, I mean, I love Patrice. Uh, Sarah Silverman makes me laugh. Uh, she, I mean, I'm going to leave out a lot of people. See, these are all, this is, I have, uh, one of my friends said this once, and I think you kind of well, might agree with this. To make me laugh, at this point, just because of how much comedy you've seen and how kind of jaded you are, you either have to be a genius or your friend. You know, like I can laugh at someone if they're just like, holy shit, that, I, that's, I can't believe they're doing that. Or if I just know them pretty well and I like them. So those people, all, you know, those people are all your friends, yeah. you think. And, and also geniuses, I would say. Everyone you named, I would consider to be a comic genius. Yeah, they, I feel like it's got to be like the stupidest fucking thing in the world. Like I'm like very few. Oh, Stan Hope, I love. Oh yeah, the best. Um, the best. But as far as like you know, the joking around with friends where you just insult each other and it's just no one means it. And it's just oh, it's, it's so, it can be so delightful. I love your uh, your run with uh, Brennan Walsh. I follow both of you. Oh, guys that's on not Twitter over. And I... <laughs> <laughs> people ask. People have asked me, is that is that real? It's like 
do you think I, I, if yeah. I was really mad at Brendan Walsh, I would like write in all caps, you yeah. suck, and then for the win or something? Yeah. Like, I'm a grown man. I did. The, I tweeted a joke uh, about John Mulaney's special. <laughs> it was the day of the, the Paris thing. And yeah. I said, uh, speaking of tragedies, check out John Mulaney's Netflix special. And Mulaney, t- and Mulaney are good friends. He texted me. He was like, well done. Like My hat's off to you. Right. But I can't. So many people think that I hate him. And then I'm like talking trash in a special and saying, don't watch it. And I, I'm a comedian. These are my friends. Yeah, I feel like that's so. It's so obvious, like that. If I, well, I did see that, and it's like, so clearly, like they probably know each other, mm-hmm. and it's lightly busting balls. Yeah. Oh, Twitter. What are we gonna do about it? I don't think. Uh, is there anything you want to plug besides your special? Um, I don't think I have anything to plug. Just the uh, just the special. Fuck. Well, watch the. Oh, special. you know what else I have? I what? I started a podcast. Oh, you did? Yeah. I started a podcast about six six weeks ago uh, called the Rosenthal and Jessel McVanity Project. It's with the NFL Network. My best friend since I was like in college. I'm godfather to both of his children. Uh, he's a writer, like a big-time writer for the NFL Network. Now, he wasn't a former player or anything, but yeah. a writer. And he had a podcast, and we'd always talked about doing something together. So we do a podcast with them where they get to heavily edit it. And then the next week, I get to say what they edited out. But it's fun. They leave us alone. Uh, it, it's, it's, uh, it's fun to do. So if you like football... And you like me, you'll you'll like the like the podcast. I don't like either of those things. You'll still like it. You'll still enjoy <laughs> it. But yeah, Rosenthal and Jessel McVanity Project. Uh, on, Do you on, have guests? Uh, no, not yet. We might eventually get to that, but so, right now we just uh, we so just explain kinda... the editing thing to me. They edit it. The NFL edits. I, they, no one can tell me what to do. Right. I say I'm not even under contract. I say whatever I want, and yeah. they can't do anything. And then they get to take out whatever they want, but they have to tell me what it was. So the next week, I get to read through. Oh, so it kind of undoes their edit. Exactly. Exactly. That's interesting. It's we have a lot of fun doing it. So that's that's. Uh, so it's that's like fun. last week they didn't let me say this, 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 this. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times that gets beeped, that gets bleeped. Like oh, their man. big thing is like Ed Hardy or Greg Hardy, the uh, I don't know if you thought, the Dallas Cowboy guy who like beat his girlfriend and then got uh-huh. back on the field, where he had thrown his girlfriend on a bed full of guns, and so I keep bringing that up. It's like that's a, a product he endorses, Greg Hardy's bed full of guns, and they bleep it every time. And then the next week I try to say it and they bleep that. So it's like a, almost a meta thing. Where there have been things that have been bleeped since the first episode that I keep on talking about. You could start a little Tumblr and say, here are the things they, they I bleep. Like, I like mystery. I like the mystery. You like mystery? Yeah. And people know. You've you got to be stupid not to know it's Greg Hardy's bed full of guns at a certain <laughs> point. It depends on how good the bleep is. AnthonyJeselnik.com, right? Yeah. I mean, I know how boring it's Technically, there's, not, there's nothing on there, but you got to check it yeah, out. Yeah, I went there today. It, it's, uh, it was not a lot going on there. <laughs> I like the nice empty tour dates page. I know. I don't know why they why they do that to me. But I, if I ask the guy to put something else up there, well, they it's would have cost to me the five hundred dollars. Well, they could just they could just say like dates coming soon, or yeah, you know? currently not on tour. Yeah, or like check out his special while he gets more material. But I'm not going to pay for that. Oh, <laughs> and Anthony Jeselnik on Twitter, and the special thoughts and prayers. Mm-hmm. Getting all professional here with the outro. <laughs> well, Anthony is uh <laughs> What are you going to do tonight? I don't. Tonight's kind of been enough. I might go. I might go to a steakhouse. I might go to Sparks tonight. I haven't. Sparks. I haven't been to Sparks in a long time. I've never been, been to Sparks. It's like a very classic, old school. Yeah, that's, you know, a, that's kind been of steakhouse. around for a while. I might do that, and then uh, Wednesday I'm doing a nice little omakasa, which I enjoy with a friend of mine. I don't even know that's what good. that is. You go to what's, when you go to a sushi restaurant, a nice one, and you just you just say you want the omakasa, and the chef just sends you oh, what's man. good. And I tell wish you to tell them to stop. And it's I'm so going good. to Japan next month. Really? Have you ever been? No. No, I'm dying going to. by myself, but I that see that's the, that would be my worst nightmare. 
is what you just described. Really? Just because I'm too picky, and I, I would just hate to have some master chef make this amazing thing, and I'm like, yeah, no. Well, you can tell them. You can be like, I don't like clam. I don't like this. They'll ask you in the beginning of it. You don't, do you, you don't like eyes. Can you say I like chicken I've, fingers? I've, <laughs> yeah, you can. I like you, chicken you, fingers you, and a comedy club menu food. If you bring your own. I like uh, chicken fingers and onion rings. All right, omakase me. What are you going to Japan for? Just I'm just uh, partially... Because I promised myself I'd take a vacation because I've only taken one in my life where I went by myself. And then uh, I, wanted to get, I wanted to get to gold on United. Mm, there you go. But I was also like, why don't I have this, like the whole month off or a lot of it off? Like, why don't I just go somewhere? And I'm going to Japan. I said, Japan is perfect length. It's also, it's not like, like I'd like to go to Thailand too, but I'd be, a, I feel like Thailand, I... I would be more I weirded out being in some place that was I mean I know Bangkok's not remote but like some of the remote areas I'd be really lonely. You can't Whereas, go to Thailand by yourself now this at, at my age or your age because you it's, You know I did a joke about that. I think I have heard it now. Look at you're about to do my own joke at me. I wasn't going to do the whole joke but I think I have heard you do that. But yeah, you do, I could never go to Thailand. Yeah, yeah. By yeah. I mean that is also part like, of it. Yeah. I didn't want to go back into one of my own jokes but But they say Japan's hard by yourself. No, because you, because of the language barrier, like my god kids, oh, their, their mother is <laughs> my god kids' mom is Japanese, and like their family lives there. So uh, when they go, I'm going to go with them. I think in March. So maybe I'll see you there if you're. If you I'll give you. I'll tell you. If you don't get back. <laughs> if I don't get back, because I never figured out how to get back to the airport. Man, he was right about that language thing. Man. Did you ever read Anthony Bourdain's? I know we got to end, but did you ever no, read Anthony Bourdain's end, really. book? Um, Kitchen Confidential? I have it on my shelf. I haven't read it. There's a chapter where he goes to Japan for the first time to uh-huh. help a steakhouse. And it's, it's, you should read that because he gets off the plane. He's all jet lagged. And he walks into us. He can't speak to anybody. He walks yeah. into a Starbucks. He's like, I can't let my first thing I eat here be Starbucks. So he gets a coffee and he just walks into a tent. And this guy's eating a bowl of noodles. And he just points at that and says, like, give me uh-huh. one of those. And he said it was one of the best things he's ever had. Yeah, that's what like, I want. That's what you got to do is just like, be brave. I want to be a little go, brave. Give that to me. I actually asked a you woman I know it. who's Japanese, and I said, am I going to be all right because I don't eat sushi? And she's like, oh, there's tons of food. She said, my favorite restaurant to eat is Denny's. Really? Because I've heard 7-Eleven has good food there as well, believe it or you not. You know what they love that no one talks about? Fried chicken. They love KFC like you wouldn't oh, believe in, in Japan. I'm going to fucking just You'll go be there. Eat. So KFC, much KFC, watch some American movies in my hotel room. You should take a picture of yourself in front of every KFC you pass. Oh, I will be telling you, it's going to... Instagram is going to light up with my Japanese trip. (laughs) Thanks for being here, man. Thanks for having me. And you people at home, thanks for being here, and I'll uh, see you soon. Feral Audio. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase.